Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. This poem fragment got stuck in my head this week, just this. The way reverence mixes with amazement. The way reverence mixes with amazement. It's too good to miss. Here's the whole poem. This is Julie Cadwallader Staub's Reverence. The air vibrated with the sound of cicadas on those hot Missouri nights after sundown when the grown-ups gathered on the wide back lawn, sank into their slung-back canvas chairs, tall glasses of iced tea beating in the heat. And we sisters chased fireflies, reaching for them in the dark, admiring their compact black bodies, their orange stripes and seeking antennas as they crawled to our fingertips and clicked open into the night air. In all the days and years that have followed, I don't know that I've ever experienced that same utter certainty of the goodness of life that was as palpable as the sound of the cicadas on those nights. My sisters running around with me in the dark, the murmur of the grown-ups' voices, the way reverence mixes with amazement to see such a small body emit so much light. I'll raise my hand for the way reverence mixes with amazement. I vote yes to a spirituality of wonder. Twenty years ago, a group of Jewish leaders visited the Dalai Lama at his home in Dharamsala, India. As both temporal and spiritual head of the Tibetan people, His Holiness was especially keen on Judaism's survival in exile. Poet and author Roger Kamenetz later described the encounter in his best-selling, The Jew in the Lotus. His Holiness asked his guests, what is your inner life? How do your practices benefit people in their everyday lives? I love these questions. I commend them to you, to us. To begin, when we ask ourselves, what is my inner life? If we find ourselves responding, what inner life? Let's see if we can start with wonder, with reigniting that childlike capacity for wonder. Author Sue Monk Kidd writes that when her daughter was young, she got the dubious part of the Bethlehem star in a Christmas play. 
After her first rehearsal, she burst through the door with her costume, a five-pointed star lined in shiny gold tinsel designed to drape over her like a sandwich board. What exactly will you be doing in the play, I asked her. She told me, I just stand there and shine. I just stand there and shine. Oh, the way reverence mixes with amazement to see such a small body emit so much light. How do your practices benefit people in their everyday lives? How about I just stand there and shine? Let's try it. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Does that light come from within? Or is it reflected light? Rabbi Simon Jacobson, an Orthodox Jew, says, we live in a highly materialistic society. We have so many distractions. We are not naturally going to gravitate to that quiet moment of serene communion with God. This has seeped into all communities, even those that traditionally pray three times a day. Personal intimacy with God is what Judaism is about. When that's not experienced, everything begins to ring hollow. It becomes technical. He reminds us of the central importance of kavanah, inner intention, in cultivating a spiritual life, kavanah, to live a life of wonder. And we are called not just to look within, but to look up, look out, and pass it on. Dr. Albert Schweitzer said, at times our own light goes out and is rekindled by a spark from another person. Each of us has cause to think with deep gratitude of those who have lighted the flame within us. We tend to the light within, or we catch the light and pass it on, reverence mixed with amazement. And we have to practice being open to it, available to it, or chances are we'll miss it. Here's Professor Gary Tobin on Missing It. He says, I try to go to synagogue, and I have a, a great rabbi, as charismatic and inspirational a rabbinic leader as you can want, and the services are deadly. They take three and a half hours. As my Uncle Marvin says, why would God want people to nudge him that much? You know these lines I love from Alice Walker's The Color Purple. Suge is speaking to Seeley. Have you ever found God in church? I just found a bunch of folks hoping for God to show. Any God I ever felt in church, I brought in with me. And I think all the other folks did too. They come to church to share God, not find God. We come to church to share God, to share love. Worship invites us to share our wondrous love. 
the way reverence mixes with amazement. That's wonder. Don't miss it. My very favorite story about not missing it is in the opening book of the third book of uh, opening of the third book of Exodus, in which Moses encounters the burning bush. Moses is tending sheep when suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame and fire in the midst of the bush, and Moses looked and behold the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. And he said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here am I. And God said, draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. It's safe to say that when Moses moseyed off the path to check out the burning bush, he wasn't expecting to see God. But we never know, do we? We never know where our wonder will lead us. And we are always standing on holy ground. My colleague of blessed memory, Reverend Clark Dewey Wells, told the story of sitting on the porch one evening, deep in conversation with his wife, when their three-year-old son tried to get them to notice an evening star. The boy would have nothing of their preoccupation. His father recounts, he launched through the screen door, fixed us with a fiery glaze, and said, you be glad at that star. It was one of those moments, Clark Wells continues, when you get everything you need for the good of your soul, reprimand, disclosure, and blessing. If we cannot impel ourselves into a stellar gladness, we can at least clean the dust from the lens of our perception. If we cannot dictate our own fulfillment, we can at least steer in the right direction. If we cannot exact a guarantee for a more appreciative awareness of our world, for persons and stars and breathing and tastes and the incalculable gift of every day, we can at least prescribe some of the conditions through which an increased awareness is more likely to open the skies for us and for our children. Let's be glad at that star. Love helps. E.E. E. Cummings said, this is the wonder that's keeping the stars apart. I carry your heart. I carry it in my heart. Love helps wonder, all kinds of love. Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel was a theologian and social activist. There's a picture I love of him and a nun in full habit and other clergy marching with Dr. King. I don't know the backstory, but they're all wearing Hawaiian lays. Rabbi Heschel said, when I marched in Selma, my feet were praying. 
That's extraordinary. That's love. He also said the higher goal of spiritual living is to face sacred moments. And this, speaking to his God, I did not ask for success. I asked for wonder. And you gave it to me. My spiritual companions, cultivating the inner life and the inner light begins with reigniting a childlike capacity for wonder. We are called to catch the light and pass it on. Let us now turn aside and see this great sight. Let us be glad at that star and at every wondrous thing in the heavens and on earth. For the love of the world, just stand there and shine. Now let us pray with our feet, mix reverence with amazement, and open our lives to wonder.